welcome to Conversations with Achievers. I'm your host, Robert White. I'm a mentor to owners, executives, and their teams, and CEO of Extraordinary People, LLC. I work with people that want to create extraordinary business performance with less stress, more joy, and more personal fulfillment. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn from your peers as we explore what it takes in terms of attitudes, habits, and behaviors that achieve extraordinary results. Results for yourself, for your family, and your community. Hello, it's Robert, and we have an immensely well-prepared coach and consultant uh, as a guest today, Gina Folk. Gina, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, you know, the, uh, the, my audience appreciates great advice. And in looking at your background and the people that you work with, uh, I have a feeling that that's what's going to happen here in the next few minutes. So that's a that's, delight. <laughs> that's good, because I love to give, you know, my advice. <laughs> I've been doing that ever since I was little. My father would call that very opinionated. So <laughs> I'm here for that. I have a daughter like that. And... <laughs> That's probably how I would describe her. <laughs> Look, you are superbly prepared in terms of education, kind of formal education, where, where I am not. Uh, you know, it's all been experience for me of uh, building and running companies. And uh, while at the same time getting some understanding of the human condition, I'm really curious on, uh, in terms of learning experiences with you. What have you learned that wasn't in a classroom? What's been the, has there been a turning point or a, an experience that was just so vivid that it, it informs your work with clients today? Yeah, um, I, gosh, I've been in business actually since I was little bitty. Uh, my grandmother uh, ran a clothing store. She was the manager of a clothing store. And so I would be, I was able to go back into the stock room and help uh, the stock clerk put inventory on the shelves and all that kind of stuff. So like, even though I have a lot of business experience and education and all that kind of stuff, my love for business and rearranging things has been here since I was teeny tiny. Um, but one of the things that has stuck with me from a, what I've used over the years is truthfully some tenants that I got from my Six Sigma training but actually shifted to use an experience. And I can tell you the biggest one, because what I find in working with my clients is that most people, and what I had done a lot of my career is that most people are solving the wrong problem. Like they don't even know what problem it is they're trying to solve because they just go to the surface. I mean, we all do that in our personal lives too, right? We think, oh, I got this problem. I'm going to go to the surface problem. But that very rarely the problem that we think we've identified is very rarely the problem that actually is, is what's really causing all of your issues. Um, and so the thing that I still use today, and I've realized I've been good at it my entire life, I just didn't have a label around it, is getting to the root cause of the problems. And a lot of that came from my experience with Six Sigma, because one of the first things they tell you to do is go find the real issue. Like, don't accept the first answer, they actually tell you to go five levels deep um, and they call it the five whys, but I've learned because you're dealing with people, don't ask the question why, because that all they can hear is like defensiveness. So 
so I usually say like, what's the reason this is happening? What's the value of doing that? Like I just dig deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's one of the things that I do in my personal life, as well as with all of my clients is really get to the root of what the problem is by asking a ton of questions. So much more cause oriented than effect for you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, got it. Because I don't know how to affect something if I don't know what's causing it, right? Mm. So I'm really focusing on how do I get there? You know, the uh, Simon Sinek book, uh, First Ask Why, is one of the, I think, one of the better business books uh, of the last 10 years. Uh, he has a great ability to communicate in a way I think that I can receive it. And I think many more uh, mm -hmm. feel the same way. Absolutely. Yet, I think if you even a cursory study of neurolinguistic programming will tell you not to use the word why, uh, because it drives people into their thinking. Yeah. And that yep. simple substitution of what is a very effective communication tool, I think. Uh, but here I am giving Simon Sinek uh, advice, and he sold about 10 times more books than I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel the same way every time I say I don't use the word why. I'm like, ooh, well, he's been very successful with that word. Um, but it's not if, been my experience. Well, it does clearly help people understand the power of purpose. and For sure. uh, and And then he communicates so powerfully in every other way. Uh, mm -hmm. plus he's younger and more handsome than me. So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of reasons to dislike that guy <laughs> at the same yeah. time, at the same time that I highly recommend his book. Oh yeah. He's very good. I, and any talk that he does. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's, he walks the talk and that, uh, that's a pretty good filter always. What's, yeah. uh, you know, I kind of skipped by, why don't you share, uh, you know, at least a quick, idea of what you're up to recently what's what's business like for Gina yeah um so I have some amazing clients um I really love working with those entrepreneurs that are hitting that they're in the established stage but they're starting to go through real growth spurts because I find when they go through growth spurts there's not uh they don't really know what to do they don't know how to scale they don't know how to actually make stuff work and so I really help them design um all, whatever they call operations, like the middle of their mm -hmm. business, like what, what helps them deliver their product or service. I really help them scale that. And I am very fortunate to have several clients um, right now that I'm helping with that. And uh, it's a lot of change management. It's really a lot. If I'm just going to summarize it, it's a lot of helping people go through change um, because growth in its very nature requires change. And you know, let's be real. Most of us don't love to change, but I absolutely love to change. I think it's fun. I think it's invigorating. And so I help others uh, kind of adapt to that kind of energy as well. You know, one of the things that I've noticed whenever I've kind of taken some time and backed away from life a bit is that, uh, you know, during a time of slower change, uh, just being a good manager was enough. You know, the planning, the organizing, controlling, especially emphasis on that word control, mm -hmm. that was enough for many, many years. Uh, but anybody who describes the pace of change today as less than chaotic and hectic and crazy and accelerated and all those kinds of terms is just not paying attention. Mm -hmm. And so what's needed more and more is that ability to change 
from a management mindset to one of leadership. And I know mm -hmm. I notice that's uh, kind of a theme of your work. Mm -hmm, definitely. Uh, I I grew up in the era where it was okay to tell people what to do and they did it because they were happy to have a job, right? Um, and that does not, you know, quite frankly, at, at, at a certain part in my career, I realized that didn't work uh, for people. And so I learned to adapt and change because, uh, you know, when I was finding myself doing all the work because nobody wanted to take my orders, I was like, okay, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> I got to change. Um, and so I learned quickly that uh, it's about leading people because quite frankly, we think we're managing people. We're not managing people. They're actually managing us when, we, when we're trying to manage other people. We just, we just are tricking ourselves. At least that's what I was doing. So um, it's really about leading somebody else. Because when you lead them, I realized when I was leading the people and drawing it out of them, then whatever I was asking them to do was going to be sustainable and it was going to be there for a long time. And they would do it more effectively and more efficiently and be happier doing it and all the things. Um, so I really shifted that mindset a long time ago to leading instead of managing. Uh, you know, when I was uh, in my late 20s and early 30s, I took a job for four years. And uh, it's always been a blessing because I learned the training business when somebody else paid me to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was delightful. But one of our primary markets was Los Angeles. I was living in Marin County, California. And it was easy at that time to grab the shuttle down to Southern California and deal with our biggest market at that time. And uh, my vice president and I sat down one day and we were talking about the reoccurring problem of going down to LA and finding out, finding the issues and thinking we're problem solving and then coming home and finding out we had made absolutely zero progress. And, and uh, what it led to was understanding that the man that was running Southern California for us, we were in our late 20s, early 30s. He was, he was in his 50s and he was actually managing us, but he was so good at it that we didn't realize that instead of him working for us, he were, we worked for him, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And it was, that, it was that distinction about, we weren't doing the job as a leader. We weren't communicating in a way that got his attention. Mm -hmm. So the def it reminded me of how teenagers operate. You know, they, they think all the time about how they're going to manage us. Uh, 100%. <laughs> and, uh, All and, kids. And we, you know, we have a business, maybe we have other children, maybe we have hobbies, we have travel, we have all kinds of things in our lives. Yes, they are important, but we don't think about them all the time. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me they think about us all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I don't have any kids, but I figure I have, I've never had children, but let me say this. I've always said, Robert, that I didn't need kids because that's actually what I was dealing with every day in my work. <laughs> We're just a bunch of adults, you know, kids running around in adult bodies, which for me is actually kind of fun. There's a very uh, successful uh, public speaker named Kevin Knable. And he says, we're all just, you know, he's talking about men, of course, but he says, we're all just children with hairy legs. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the best thing ever. When I shifted that perspective and realized, like, I think I'm talking to an adult, but I'm really not. Like, and I don't mean that to offend anybody, but like, really to think about it, like what we're really dealing with is not the, the bodies we see. We're dealing with stuff. We're dealing with all the other stuff of that individual. And how do I actually connect to that individual in a way that, that they can relate to me and I can relate to them. 
You know that one of the themes of this program and for my audience, Gina, is uh, how do you recover from from a wreck, from something mm -hmm. that was unexpected, uh, maybe it should have been expected that it wasn't, and it uh, damages you either uh, just flat out on the business or even personally. You know, I've done this survey where I ask people how many of you have been betrayed, and I've been in front of more than 100,000 people in China in the last uh, six or seven years. And so I asked that question, and the answer is 100% uh, experience betrayal. With your clients and in the work that you do, which I, I really get is pretty intense, um, do you, have you had any learning from, from the wrecks that you've observed and worked with and, and helped people with? And, and what's the learning from all of that? How do, you, how do you recover from something that kind of crushes you, maybe includes some betrayal, certainly includes some financial loss? Yeah. Um, gosh, I have, uh, I have several examples. Um, I think, I think one, um, is it, the betrayals usually come from, um, having a, a partner that they were comfortable with, right. That mm. for whatever reason, they no longer got along and that partner pulled out. Right. And so what happens is, when you have trust in somebody and they pull away and then when that person pulls away all the burden is left on you right or think of a, a key employee oftentimes they've had key employees that key people they've identified as key employees leave they feel betrayed um they don't think they can do this they, they think their company is going to have a setback and sometimes the companies have setbacks um I help them understand that when people, when those things happen to your business, that, that it actually opens up a space for them to uh, grow in a different way, right? It just means that the person that they felt betrayed by, the situation they felt betrayed by was standing in the way of them actually being able to go to the next level. But when you're going through it, it certainly doesn't feel like it. It feels like it's taking you back 20 steps, but some, but every single time I've had this happen with one of my clients and we could work through and identify, you know, okay, let's think through this. Let's, what do you, who do you need to put in here? Or what process do we need to put in here? Or what, what structure do we need to put in? Every single time that's been, that thing has been the catalyst that took them to the next level. So um, it's pretty cool to see that happen. You know, I I think that's really powerful, powerful uh, work, and and also, frankly, it argues for a coach. It argues mm -hmm. for a, a second point of view because, in my experience, I mean, I wrote a book on personal responsibility, and I I'm absolutely capable of being a very sophisticated victim. I, I you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't stop being a victim. I just got better at it, I guess, uh, to hide the victimness behind some kind of patina of nice words. Uh, but one of the exercises in our book and in my book and in our personal growth work is where we have people describe being a victim and how that feels. And, uh, you know, it's an interim pleasure being a victim, especially in the culture that we're in today. You know, you tell your victim story, you're going to be pretty popular short term, you know, and oh, you poor thing, you know, all of that. Uh, but then we have them tell the same story from an accountable point of view. And it's fascinating when you dig into that, that key person leaving or, and where you would process it as betrayal, 
which is what I did, by the way, <laughs> uh, for a while before I realized that, hey, I teach this stuff. I got I to gotta take responsibility for it. But when you start looking under that, you find out what you did, the choices mm -hmm. you made that led to it. Mm -hmm. And it's magical if you can get to that point of owning it all. And, mm -hmm. and I think something you said is uh, not in my book and it's, I'm going to steal it. Gina. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, it creates a space for something new. Mm -hmm. You know, that whether you attribute it to God or the universe mm -hmm. or the stars or uh, today's horoscope, horoscope in the newspaper, attribute right. it anywhere you want, it does create a space. I get that. So thank yeah. you for that. Of course. Uh, I'll, I'll, hopefully, I'll remember to. Uh, attribute it to you uh, <laughs> hey, if, I, if I said it it was what I was supposed to I was divinely led to say it so it's not even mine right so, <laughs> there you have it <laughs> wow what do you see as the biggest challenge in front of uh, business clients that you're working with today it's funny uh I've been uh I've been thinking through this and looking for those common themes and uh it, it's coming down to one thing they don't know what their problem is <laughs> like, and I've had several clients say, like, I thought my problem was this, but you came in and helped me realize that it was this. And so I had been working on, I've been, you know, beating my head up against the wall, trying to solve the wrong problem. And, you know, in a short order, you came in and said, um, have you ever considered that this is your challenge? Uh, and they're like, we've never even seen it, right? It's really helping them identify those blind spots pain points mm -hmm. um, that exist in their organization. Um, and the way that I do it is I, I, I get down to their team members because I don't want to know what their opinion is. I want to find out what's going on and the people that are actually doing the work. And um, when I interview the people within a very short time, I can identify where the issue is, like whether it's process. Oh, and I look, I don't always say like, <laughs> I love it because business owners always say, my people are my problem. And I listen to him and I say, mm -hmm, okay, I'm going to listen to that. And I'm going to go find out where your real problem is. And almost always is it the process is not set up to make the people successful, right? Yeah. Um, so I always, I listen and I say, okay, I get you. Uh, but then I find out there's always a process challenge of some sort. And I find that only because I interview and ask questions of the people doing the work. You know that I uh, I think really successful business people operate in stories. You know we're good at creating a story, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's how you engage people. I, I mean it's it's been it's t uh, thousands of years of history tell us that. You know the Bible or Confucius or Lao Tzu or or uh, uh, Napoleon Hill. Everything they taught was in stories. So we, we find that out. If we're going to be successful, we've got to communicate in stories. The problem with stories is sometimes we get trapped in them. And, uh, you know, I, I've spent 23 years of my working life in Asia and with more of an exposure to Asian thinking and, and uh, Buddhist thinking. And in Zen Buddhism, you know, they say that fish don't describe water very well. You know, that whatever we're swimming in, we, mm -hmm. we often get into our story. Once we tell a story about it, that, that kind of feels good, sounds good. Maybe some people uh, resonate to it. So then we really make ourselves right about it. And then that's the trap. Mm -hmm. 
the very thing that's part of our strength uh, becomes a huge weakness. And uh, so someone like uh, Gina Folk comes along and uh, blows the whistle on it. <laughs> I have to say, how attached to that story are you? Because I'm going to tell you a different one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, speaking for myself, boy, I've been really attached to some stories and they have really gotten me in trouble. And I'm very attached to others that have really supported me, uh, have helped me in my growth and the growth of my businesses and, and growth in life. So it's an interesting dichotomy and, and a choice. Mm -hmm. Well, it is a choice. What a great conversation we've had. I know you've added value to my listeners. And for that, I'm grateful. If, uh, if people want to talk to you and talk about some of your team building work, perhaps, or, or your change management work, uh, how do they get in touch with you? Um, you can go and find me LinkedIn. I'm checking LinkedIn. That's me. Um, you can also uh, contact me through email. All my contact information is on my website, ginafolk.com. Um, that's the best place to get me. And it's me. You'll get me. I don't have anybody screening anything at this point. <laughs> well, you have a, a, a distinctive name. You're not like Robert White. You know, there no. <laughs> <laughs> so you should be easy to find. Ajita, easy to find. Hey, thank you so much for taking some time in your day to, to support uh, the folks that listen to this podcast. Uh, I, I just really appreciate it. I've really enjoyed getting to know you a bit. Definitely. Same to you. Thank you so much for having me here. All the best, Gina. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us for Conversations with Achievers. If you or someone you know would make a good guest for this weekly show, the details are at therobertwhite.com and click on Podcasts. I'm looking for businessmen and women with a story to tell, stories that might benefit other owners and executives. If you got some value from this program, I'd really appreciate you sharing about it on social media and just mentioned www.therobertwhite.com slash podcast. Of course, subscribing means you won't miss a show and rating the podcast positively will leave Robert smiling. I'm building a movement here for leaders, leaders who want to succeed in business, succeed with their families, have fun, and contribute toward making the world a better place. It's special to me that you chose to listen. I look forward to connecting again next week. Remember, reach out to me anytime with any questions or concerns at therobertwhite.com. Bye for now.